الذين آمنوا أطيعوا الله وأطيعوا الرسول وأولي الأمر منكم بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله Dear brothers and sisters, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to Islamica. I'm your host today, uh, Fatima Barakatullah, and I hope that you will call in and you'll send us your questions uh, for this Islamica episode. Brothers and sisters, it's really important when we are not sure about something when it comes to our deen to ask the people of knowledge, you know, people who have studied the deen, studied the Quran, the Sunnah, and have been trained by other scholars. Um, because we know that as Muslims, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in the Quran, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا ليعبدون. He told us the purpose of our lives, that he did not create the jinn nor human beings except to worship him. And one of the things that you know, we have to realize as Muslims is that we don't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on his terms, I mean, on our terms. We don't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on our terms. We don't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with our whims and desires or what feels good. We worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on his terms, on the terms that he set, on the way that he asked us to worship him because he's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He gave us everything that we have. And he also revealed for us a law. He revealed for us a message and sent a messenger who would embody that law for us. And so SubhanAllah, we are, you know, the, a blessed Ummah. We are really a blessed Ummah. If you think about the people of the past, the Jews and the Christians, uh, many of the actions of the prophets that were sent to them are not recorded or are not really uh, preserved in the way that the Prophet Sallallahu Sunnah is preserved. So we should be proud of the fact that our Prophet Sallallahu taught us how to live our lives, every area of life, whether it's going to the bathroom, whether it's the etiquette for going to bed, uh, how to raise our children, how to pray, how to fast, etc. So when, if you do have any questions, please don't hesitate to call in. And I especially like to encourage our younger callers, uh, younger brothers and sisters, if you have any questions, you know, don't hesitate to call in. Assalamu alaikum. Is it permissible for a male to wear a chain in Islam? Is it permissible for a male to wear a chain in Islam? When it comes to wearing a chain, um, generally speaking, okay, we know that men are not allowed to wear gold, okay? The men have been forbidden from wearing gold. Uh, but if there is like some piece of jewelry that is made of silver, for example, or made of something that isn't gold, then that shouldn't, sh shouldn't really be problematic. Unless it's something that, em that's, that is similar to something that a woman would wear, right? So, uh, you know, uh, the Prophet Sallallahu forbade men from dressing as women and forbade women from dressing as men. He forbade men from uh, copying or trying to be like women and forbade women from trying to be like men. And so if it's not a piece of jewelry or, you know, a chain that is a f like something that a woman would wear, 
um, and it's not made of gold, then that should be okay, inshallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Yes, there's a question. Um, Assalamu alaikum wa alaikum assalam. Do we have to cover our heads upon hearing the adhan? Huh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen people do that, um, especially at weddings, right? <laughs> or at events, uh, especially women who aren't covering their heads already. Um, there's no uh, such instruction, you know, to cover your head when you hear the adhan. Uh, I think people do it because they're embarrassed or out of respect. You know, they think really women, especially when they're out in public, uh, should be wearing, should be covering their heads anyway, right? When they're in front of uh, non-mahram men. So uh, it's not the adhan that's asking us to cover our heads. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who commanded, who commanded it for us in the Quran that, you know, when we're in the presence of men, uh, in, when we're in the presence of non-mahrams, those who are related to us in such a way that we could, we those who are related to us in such a way that we could that we don't we can't marry them. Of course, we we can uncover in front of them, but when we're in public, when we're outside, when we're in the presence of men who are who aren't related to us in that way, then we we should cover our hair, we should cover our entire bodies, um, and accept our face and hands right, uh, according to uh, some scholars and according to others, we should cover everything, including the face and hands. Uh, but when it comes to the adhan, uh, no, there's no such attachment to that. Instead, we should be following the words of the adhan. So when the Imam says, or when the Mu'addin says, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, we should also repeat that, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, we should also say Ashhadu an la ilaha um, and then after the adhan, one should make uh, the dua for the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, right? Allahumma rabb hadhi al-da'wat al-tama wa al-salat al-qa'ima, ati Muhammadan al-wasila wa al-fadila, wa b'athu maqaman mahmudan al-ladhi wa'attah, inna ka la tukhlifu al-mi'ad. This dua, which you can look up, you know, a dua after the adhan. This is a beautiful dua that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam encouraged us to make after the adhan. So that's really the etiquette, you know, when you hear the Adhan. Uh, I have another question here that's just come through and it says, Salam sister, my husband promised me before nikah, before getting married, we would go for Umrah together. Now he is saying later, he keeps saying later, what should I do? Okay, that's a very good question. Um, look. When you say promise, I'm, I'm guessing you mean that it was a verbal promise, uh, something that he uh, wanted to do and he fully intended to do. Uh, and, you know, perhaps there's a reason why he can't do it now, you know. Uh, however, I would encourage um, the husband, you know, any, any promises that we make when we're going to get married, anything that we say that we're going to do, if it's in our marriage contract, then, you know, definitely it's something that, you know, we, is very heavy. It's something that we should be taking very, very seriously because it was on those terms that we got married, right? But if it was uh, something that we promised verbally, uh, some, which is also very important, of course, you know, as a Muslim, you're, you're supposed to keep your word, right? Our word matters. Uh, it's telling the truth matters. If it's something you promised, then you should be doing your best to fulfill that promise as soon as you can, you know. Uh, 
um, and not delaying it for no reason. However, at the same time, I would encourage um, the sister who's asking to also show some understanding because, you know, um, people, especially husbands, you know, our husbands, uh, alhamdulillah, they have a lot of responsibilities. There's a lot of burden on their shoulders. And sometimes uh, they have maybe more uh, insight into what's happening with the finances, right? And so a husband might be planning uh, to do something at a more appropriate time. And you know, that, that requires understanding from us as spouses, right? But I would encourage you to uh, sit down, have that discussion with your husband, uh, talk to him about you know, the importance of it and why it's important to you. Uh, remind him that uh, it's something that he promised and come to some kind of uh, negotiation, right? Negotiate some kind of conclusion, which can be mutually uh, acceptable to both of you, right? Uh, think win-win, I like to say, you know, for, it's a famous phrase. And what it means is that, you know, when you're having a discussion, especially in any setting, but especially in marriage, uh, you want to think, you know, how can I achieve what I would like to achieve from this? How can my spouse achieve what they want to achieve from this as well? And Charlie, maybe, you know, you can agree on a particular date, a particular year, something like this, so that you know, you, you have it in your mind what you're going to look forward to. Uh, but I think, you know, something that you promise before marriage is very important, should be kept. But at the same time, there might be reasons why that thing might need to be delayed. Um, and so, you know, we, we both have to show each other as husband and wife uh, mutual understanding. Uh, we have a caller, I believe. So let me go straight to that caller. Assalamu alaikum caller, please tell me uh, what your name is and where you're calling from. Uh, wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Uh, wa alaikum my name salam is Nal. Assalamu alaikum Nal. It's very nice to see you on this show. Alhamdulillah. Because I'm a very, very regular viewer. Alhamdulillah. Uh, I have a one question. Go ahead. Um, I have a children account, okay. um, bank accounts, and uh, few money in that uh, for the future savings and uh, I just want to ask if is that money is zakat applicable okay it's a good and, question. Uh, and from what age uh, they because I haven't paid the uh, zakat on that money and mm -hmm. uh, what age is they are uh, eligible to pay zakat or I have to pay. Okay. Jazakallah khairan. Thank you. Jazakallah. Thank you very much for that. Okay. So um, when it comes to money that you've got, uh, that, that, is, that you've saved, you know, it's basically your savings, money that you're accumulating, um, you have to pay zakat on it. Yes, you do. And it's, it's not that your children have to pay zakah because you know it's actually the money. So whoever is in ownership of the money at the moment, it's you, right? Uh, it would be your responsibility to pay the zakah, and it's it's the money that the zakah is on, not the person, if you like, right? So, in other words, uh, that amount of money you you need to consult with somebody, work out what the zakah would be on that, and from the time when one year passed over it, over that wealth, um, and it was over 
the nisab amount, you know, over the amount that is zakatable, which you can look up. Um, once it's over that amount, uh, it's about 500 pounds or something, you know, when it's over that, then, uh, and, and a year has passed over it, then it became zakatable. So you need to work out when was that point? When did that happen? And you need to backdate that and do your best to calculate the zakah for each of those years and then uh, pay that zakah. Uh, and that's uh, something that's very important because of course zakah is one of the pillars of Islam. So jazakallah khairan. Uh, with regards to the question regarding music that came earlier, um, what I would like to say about that is that the Prophet allowed us to use the duff. He allowed us to use like a simple drum, uh, which can be used especially for weddings, especially for special occasions, Eid, etc. However, when it comes to uh, musical instruments, uh, I would encourage our brothers and sisters to avoid them and to avoid music. Uh, because the scholars of Islam talk about how, you know, the effects that music has on our hearts. And they talk about how uh, certain types of instruments are not permitted. And when it comes to our times, you know, when, when most people talk about music in our times, they're talking about pop music, they're talking about rap, they're talking about, you know, when it comes to uh, songs that are voice only, nasheeds, for example, you know, that, that's something that's fine. Uh, voice only, uh, nasheeds, voice only songs, a cappella, if you like, right? When it comes to music, pop music, etc., I would really encourage all our brothers and sisters to completely avoid that type of music because not only does it use musical instruments, you know, that aside, if you think about the lyrics, if you think about the, uh, the everything that accompanies it, right? You know, the dancing, the, the, also the lewd kind of lyrics, right? The, the lyrics that are very um, provocative, the subject matter is very un-Islamic. You know, you'd be embarrassed if the Prophet ﷺ was here to, to listen to that kind of thing in front of him, right? So I would say to you, brothers and sisters, I know we live in a time where music is like everywhere, right? You go into a shop, it's there. Uh, but do not listen to music deliberately uh, and avoid it uh, because it does have an effect on our hearts. It does, it does have a negative effect. And it's something that, you know, sometimes we can't even forget. It just it gets into our heads. Um, and replace that with something better. Replace that with nasheeds that are voice only, for example. Replace that with the Quran and listening to the Quran, listening to, you know, songs that are voice only. Uh, and that's what I would recommend. Jazakumullah khairan. Okay, we do have a, another caller. So, assalamu alaikum caller. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. My question is that uh, I teach Quran yes. to uh, students like kids or the ladies and the girls, okay. but I take hadiyah from them. So some people say ke, like that, I know um, there are so many organizations, they teach mashallah Quran, fiqh or everything, and uh, individually people teach at their home, from their homes or from different places. Or, yep. uh, a student go to madrasa or majid and they take hadiyah. So is it right if I take hadiyah? It's my necessity to fulfill my requirements like this and it's very important for me so i just want to know about uh, as a guidance is it right okay so that's a, that's a very good question um, and i think it's something that m many uh, scholars uh, 
many scholars around the world, uh, you know, think about, you know, because of course, uh, you know, in the past, uh, there were mechanisms for supporting teachers and scholars of the Quran and of the Sunnah, right? Uh, there were mechanisms that for them to be financially supported. But you're, we're living in Britain and, you know, some, and that such a mechanism does not exist. So, inshallah, sister, uh, if you have needs and, you know, of course, if, you, if a person can teach and they don't take any, uh, uh, any, any payment for it, then, of course, they will be rewarded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more. They will be rewarded, inshallah, more by Allah because they, would, they did not get any kind of uh, re repayment for it in this life. But if you do take some payment, like you said, because you have needs, uh, then it's up to those people, you know, who, who want you as a teacher to take it or leave it. If they don't want to pay, then they should go and find, you know, a way to learn that where they don't have to pay. But if they want to study with you and you have certain needs and costs that you have to cover, then inshallah, there's no problem with that. Uh, but of course, as Quran teachers, as scholars, we have to always be aware that we're not uh, turning this work that we do into some kind of you know money spinner you know that's not the purpose of it of course but to cover our needs etc you know inshallah there's no there's no problem with that jazakallah khair i do believe we have one more caller i hope we can fit this in before uh, before the end inshallah assalamu alaikum yes sister um please tell me your name and where you're calling from uh, my name is nadia and i'm phoning from Birmingham. Okay, mashallah, I've got a lot of people from Birmingham today. Alhamdulillah. <coughs> Please uh, ask your question, sister. My question is, um, I don't have any children and um, Allah hasn't blessed me. Um, doctors have said there's nothing there. Um, it's an unexplained fertility. So I'm in my 40s. But my question is that um, people try and console me and say to me, oh, you know, Allah's protecting you from something really bad. You know, if maybe if you had kids, there would have been this. So they give me the example of Musa al-Islam when they went on their travels with the, uh, the pious person and about the child who would have been not very good. Or they'll say to me, oh, you know, I've got family friends who said they, they, they couldn't have kids and they'd stay up all night and they would do all these extra prayers. And um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed them because they're very pious and they uh, recitations and whatever they did in terms of the duas and everything. Alhamdulillah, mashallah, that's good for them. But the thing is, then that um, I take that on board and I've taken it quite personally, the fact that, okay, um, I, I understand that this is Allah's will, but in the same token, um, I, then I beat myself up because I wish I was a good soul like all these other women who are blessed with good children and who are pious children. And, I, and, I, and, I, and it hurts me um, that I'm not a good soul like the rest of these other women, because there's plenty of other women there, mashallah, you know, who have got beautiful, you know, mashallah, pious kids. When you have all these negative things being said to you, and the fact that you feel that you're not um, good enough, and you're the wise not being answered because you're not good enough, because this is what you're being told around everybody else. Yep. And having to deal with the negative thoughts and deal with all this how, how, as a baron, how do you, you know, it's very difficult. Um, yep. That's all I can say. But how, how, 
as a woman, how would you deal with that? Okay, Jazakallah Khairan, uh, sister. And we are coming to the end of the show. So I'm going to try my best to answer your question um, as best as I can. First of all, I want to, you know, reach out and say, you know, I'm very sorry that people are, you know, talking to you in this way. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you're in a particular situation. And unfortunately, you know, people, they're trying to be helpful. It seems like people are trying to be helpful. And I think that's the thing, you know, people think that they are, uh, saying helpful things to you, but obviously some of those things are, are not very helpful at all. Um, and actually some of those things are incorrect as well, in the sense that, my dear sister, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in, um, in Surah Mulk uh, that he created life and death to test you. He, he created life and death. He created this life. He created the next life in order to test us. Uh, which of us would be the best indeed? And so instead of looking at this thing, you know, this, um, uh, the fact that you're unable to have children or it seems that way as a punishment or as something that, you know, is linked to your deeds, I, I think that's, that's the wrong way to look at it. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't give children to pious people. You know, it's not linked to your piety, whether you have children or not. Uh, so don't, so I would encourage you to stop linking it to that. You know, um, there are plenty of, of, of impious people who have children, right? Plenty of people who are abusive who have children. So these things are not related to our piety. <clears throat> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala though tests each of us with different things. And so perhaps this is the area and a very difficult area, you know, I can imagine uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has tested you with. And that's the way to look at it, that it's a test. And so my dear sister, I would encourage you, um, first of all, if, you know, it's about infertility, if you want to, you can take as many means as you can to try to overcome that medically. If you've tried that, and if that's not something um, you know that you want to do, or that you can't, you can do, um, or that you have tried it, and it's, and still you can't have children, then, dear sister, just remember that there have been people in our history, like Aisha radiallahu who also didn't have children, right? But they channeled their energies into a new vision for their lives, and they used the talents that Allah subhanahu wa taala gave them, and and their energy, to do other things, because there are plenty of ways to do great deeds in our lives. I'm sorry, I have to, uh, I had to answer succinctly, but Jazakumullah khairan. Inshallah, brothers and sisters, until next time, Salaamu Alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. فَإِن تَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ إِن كُنتُمْ تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ